on a cloud of cannabis What kind of bliss is this? What kind of bliss is this? We for madness my mind away Snow dog says what we every day The government responded to a petition in this country which gathered 237,000 signatures in the end. And the petition asked the government... Not as much as the Trump one. Not as much as... Did that get more? Yeah, it was like 500,000, I think. Wow. Mm. That must be one of the highest it was, ever... It was the hi highest ever engagement, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. So presumably the government have responded to... They have. They debated it, but... Um... That's because they have to debate it. Yeah. They debated it, but Trump's coming. So the, over, the overarching uh, sort of consensus was that he's a wazzock, which is one mm. of the words that was used. <laughs> a lovable racist. Yeah, a, a lovable racist wazzock. Um, and it would be better to have him here and we can show him our multicultural society and how wrong he is. Yeah. I'm actually, I think that's quite an even-handed response to that. Mm. The petition asked the government to make the production, sale and use of cannabis legal. The response from the government to those quarter of a million people was this. And I'll just give, like, the bullets. Yeah, it was. Um, a giant, <laughs> a giant two fingers up. Substantial scientific evidence shows cannabis is a harmful drug that can damage human health. There are no plans to legalise cannabis as it would not address the harm to individuals and communities. Well, I mean, I have spent quite a long time researching. I can't find any evidence to support that claim, mm. that it is a harmful drug, um, other than... Ruining communities. Yeah. I, I found evidence to support the idea that smoking cannabis can be harmful to your lungs, as it may be carcinogenic, but mm -hmm. alcohol can kill you if you take enough of it, and cannabis has never killed anyone ever directly. Mm -hmm. Directly is maybe, you know, I just mean that if you get high and fall off a cliff, there are other variables there. Like if you eat yourself to death, like the guy in Seven, you don't ban food, do you? Mm -hmm. That's not mm -hmm. that's not what you do. Mm -hmm. There are other extenuating circumstances, yeah. and that's really fiction. But yeah, it's not a great. We know what killed him: glutton, yeah. gluttony. Glut one of not the food. One of the deadly sins. Yeah, the sin, the sin. It was the sin. What did it? Yeah, it was the sin. It was God going. Now you, now you die. Nice. I like how you took God back to his Israeli Middle roots. roots yeah. yeah, not many do that. Not many no. do that. He always sounds um, yeah. like an English actor. Yeah, a stage actor. He does. He does. Mm. I'm, I'm a big fan of of Brown Jesus, the Middle Eastern Jesus. Yeah, but that 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 causes a stir. Mm. Brown God. Ooh, watch Ooh. out! That is not even on the on the table for discussion. He's yet, definitely an American. Interesting, interesting. Why do you think American is a superpower when all the other countries aren't? True, because yeah. God, he's, he's because back, he's backing that horse. He's isn't backing he? he's the backing US. The latest evidence from the Independent Advisory Council on the misuse of drugs is this. Is sorry, this is from. This is from their statement. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The yeah, latest back, evidence back to the petition response. Yeah. The latest evidence from the Independent Advisory Council on the misuse of drugs is that the use of cannabis is a significant public health issue. Cannabis can unquestioningly cause harm to individuals and society. Legalisation of cannabis would not eliminate the crime committed by the illicit trade, nor would it address the harms associated with drug dependence and the misery that this can cause to families. I mean... It's, it's, it's quite strong, isn't it? It's very strong. There is no See, debate to be had, is what they're saying. Mm. I, I really dislike the wording as well, the the significant harm. Undoubtedly. Is, uh, yeah, undoubtedly significant harm. So where? Yeah, show maybe, me. Maybe they're talking about that mental health thing, but we've sort of chatted about that and shown that that's... Yeah, that's right. So, uh, people dropping dead as soon as they... So where's this significant harm? And then to throw in these families, these blighted families, it's just very emotive... Yeah. Once every three years, you'll get a Daily Mail story about some woman whose son, you know, will have will have had a, a very very bad thing with with cannabis or whatever. He injected three whole marijuanas. Marijuanas into his mouths, and you know, and then he went mental, and that was, and then that was, he's never been the same since. And I'm like, well, 
I'm sorry, but no one wants to have to tell the mother of a child that she's probably barking up the wrong tree. But, you know, we're going to have to start doing that eventually, so why not now, I think? Mm. Um, All right, I'll let you do the next one. <laughs> the next the next grieving mother. Just like uh, firing out Gabble Mate yeah. videos. Yeah. Uh, read these statistics. Mm, you idiot. Stop crying. <laughs> You can have that one for later. Anyway, they say cannabis is addictive, and I and I disagree. And science disagrees as well. Actually, on that. The most frequently cited perceived harm associated with marijuana today is addiction. I mean, you do know it's addictive. Highly addictive, right? Because I believe it is addictive, and it leads to more serious drugs. But in order to understand addiction in relation to marijuana, one must first have an understanding of the psychology behind addiction in the first place. It's interesting to see or to ask who becomes addicted. People can have sex without being addicted to it, they can go shopping, but some people become severely addicted to all these pursuits. Is a pack of cards addictive? Well, no, or yes, depending on the individual. So it's the same process no matter what the addiction is. The only difference is really is that the substance addict is getting the dopamine from an outside substance, whereas the behavior addict is having it triggered from the particular behavior. If I speak to a group of 100 people or 1,000 people and I ask, well, how many of you have addiction issues to any substance? A number of people put their hand up and I say, what did it do for you? Not what was bad about it, we already know that, but what did it do for you? What was positive in your experience of it? Well, it gave me a sense of peace. It gave me uh, pain relief. It made me feel more connected. It made me more confident. I could speak now and interact with other people. In other words, the addict is just after wanting to be a normal human being. And the real question is, what keeps them from having those qualities in their lives and what happened to them? And so that the addiction should be seen not as the problem, although it is a problem, but it's not the problem, it's the addict's attempt to solve a problem in the first place. The Adverse Childhood Experiences Studies done in California looked at conditions such as physical, sexual, and emotional abuse in a child's life, the loss of a parent through death or a rancorous divorce, or a parent being jailed, or mental illness in the parent, or addiction in the parent, or violence in the family. And for each of these adverse childhood experiences, the risk of addiction goes up exponentially. By the time a male child has had six of these adverse experiences, his risk of having become a substance-dependent, injection-using addict is 4,600% greater than that of a male child with no such experiences. Why is that? It's because that trauma shapes the brain in such ways as to make the addictive substances more appealing to the individual that trauma also gives that person the pain that they will try to then escape from or, or to soothe through the addictive behaviors. It's the social and emotional environment that shapes the actual biology of the brain. So if you want to understand somebody's addiction, you have to look at what created pain in their lives. So the person who occasionally has a beer, occasionally uh, uh, smokes marijuana, but genuinely have no negative consequences, does not impair their health, does not endanger their lives, it does not impair their personal relationships. You can't call those people addicts and you can't call those behaviors addictive. So that we have to make a real distinction between the use of substances and the addiction to substances. Which then brings us to the war on drugs. Basically the war on drugs is being waged against people that were abused and traumatized in children and have mental health problems. There's enough punishment in there in the negative consequences of the addiction that we don't have to add punishment onto that. It's, it is quite moving, isn't it? Because yeah. you realise that it's all wrong. Like, mm. you shouldn't put these people in prison with violent offenders. No. You should treat them and try and help them. And here's another bit from the government uh, response oh, to yeah. the petition. Legalisation would also send the wrong message to the vast majority of people who do not take drugs, especially young and vulnerable people with the potential grave risk of increased misuse of drugs. Here's an implication of cannabis being linked to being a gateway drug. Um, and we know that isn't true. Alcohol is more likely to be a gateway drug. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been around and like I've never seen anyone climbing the walls for other drugs while on cannabis. But you go out in a medium-sized town in the UK on a Saturday and have a look around and just see how many people are drinking and on coke at the same time. Like that's become a thing in this country. The one way in which cannabis could argue, arguably be linked with other drugs 
is that some cannabis dealers also sell other drugs. And if you have to go to a drug dealer in order to get your weed, you're potentially a customer for other drugs. Mm. Legalising cannabis would eliminate that altogether. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. The UK's approach on drugs remains clear. We must prevent drug use in our communities. So that is the starting point. And that we need to ban this demon from our We need to villages. prevent drug use in our communities. How? It's impossible. It doesn't work anywhere, right? Even in prison. And what about caffeine, nicotine, alcohol? All more dangerous than cannabis, yet socially acceptable because no one is demonising it. So how do we prevent drug use in our communities when we can buy drugs in a supermarket? It's impossible. It, it, none of this makes any sense. Mm. But it's not a coordinated response, is it? You and I have discussed this before, not not on the air, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I fucking can't remember what I was going to say now. Oh, sorry. We've discussed um, preventing drug use. Yeah. Or no, it's the just fact flew that away. some drugs are legal and others aren't. I can't. I can't remember. The definition remember. of a drug. Uh, you can keep trying, but it's, 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 it's evaporating. All right, well, let's, see if, it, let's see if she comes back. She, she might. Here's the last bit from this, okay. um, this petition response. There are positive signs that the government's approach is working. There has been a long-term downward trend in drug use over the last decade, and more people are recovering from their dependency now than, than in 2009-2010. The number of adults aged 16, not an adult government, mm. you should know yeah, that. You should know how the law works. Yeah. Anyway, the number of adults aged 16 to 59 using cannabis in the last year in England and Wales has declined over the last decade from 9.6% to 6.7%, with cannabis use amongst young adults aged 16 to 24 and young people aged 11 to 15 following a similar pattern. Mm -hmm. Ah, but have you noticed that alcohol use is also falling, right? Mm. They're not, they don't mention that. They mention the fact that cannabis use working. is dropping. Business as usual, because it's dropping. Yeah. Uh, exactly, but alcohol use is also falling, and that's not illegal. And yeah. what I don't understand—they're drawing For, links where they want to draw links again. And yeah, it's and this is dangerous. You, they're picking—they're picking parts of scientific studies and using them to reinforce a position that they already hold. Mm -hmm. And that is not how you—that is not what you do. So I remember what I was going to say, and that is. It's not scientific. We know this. It's all emotional. So it shouldn't come as much of a surprise that with all walks of politics, mm. it's all knee-jerk shit. It's all reactionary. It's, you know, the people are angry about this or, or we feel like they should be angry about it. What are we going to do about that reaction? Exactly. It's, the, the, the cause of the anger isn't investigated. It's to temper the anger so then research will be done or... Or things, excuses or reasons will be given to then enact something that appeases this group of society that have got upset about something. Yeah. Or maybe the politicians are upset about it, you know? There aren't longitudinal studies that are done like that and then considered, you know, if a temper flares up, there isn't then wide studying done and seen and, and people examine if that is justified or not mm. it's just oh someone's angry better uh, you know better clamp down on that better a bit patch more. it better up show that we're a bit hard on this front yeah we're a bit softer over here mm. you know it's um, it's it's an it's way. a real scattergun it's an approach to make big big decisions 46% of men aged between 16 and 24 drank more than four units on at least one day in the last week before being surveyed back in 2005. Mm -hmm. That number's reduced to 30% as of 2012, seven years later. And for women, it fell from 41% to 30%. People are drinking less and they're binge drinking less, so are consuming less at each sitting, as well as curbing the amount drunk over a period mm -hmm. of time. So is it falling because it... Are, are these rates falling because it's illegal or yeah. are they falling because younger people have less interest in taking drugs? If one is legal and one is not and both are falling, which policies is it that are working? The ones that we say are working. Yeah, it, it doesn't make the any sense. The ones that we say, just shut up and get in line, will you? Yeah. Stop, stop, stop writing to us. Stop, 
Stop filling in petitions. Who said it was okay to to give people the right to petition? Whose idea was this? We've got to deal with this stuff week in, week you. We did it. You're fine. We did it two years ago. We thought it would be a good idea to set up this website where if, you know, a certain amount of people signed up, we had to issue a response. I'm I'm regretting it now. It was was one of these ideas. I think it's called democracy. We wanted to... Pretend Hang about on, you're it. the same guy thought... that did the Freedom of Information Act as well, you moron. Uh, look, now they look, can look. see... <sighs> Get out. Get out before you come up with any other mad, harebrained ideas. I thought participation from the population would be a good idea. Right, one thing I yeah. noticed about these statistics... Yeah. I was like, I wonder where they... Like, in what, in what forum did these statistics come from? Mm. Is this a survey mm. that gets sent out to people? No, um... The data comes from, I'm not saying the data come from, as you can tell, the data comes from the results of the British Crime Survey. British Crime Survey. So what data was this, sorry? The units drunk? Yeah, we're talking about the alcohol, right? Okay, yeah. And and the cannabis use as well. The cannabis use is falling. Uh So alcohol use falling, falling, cannabis use falling. falling. Okay, how do we know that? Because... People answered the British Crime Survey. Get this. It's a face-to-face survey called the British Crime Survey, mm-hmm. asking people about their experiences of a range of crimes in the past year. The survey interviews both adults and children. Fancy going on the record saying you smoke weed when you can get five years for possession? Probably not. So mm-hmm. you might say, when asked the question, smoking weed much? You might go, no. No, officer. Yeah. <laughs> In the interests of science, yeah, you Doesn't and seem I like a fair test. Does it? Well, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think... be too happy about the uh, the environment that that was set up yeah, in. Me neither. I think all surveys need to be looked at really closely. Like, mm. what were the exact questions that were asked and what wasn't asked as well? Surveys are rubbish. Basically, yeah. they yeah. are a rubbish way There's of understanding a lot of people. To them as well now, because the internet allows a lot of people to fill these yeah. things in. And as we learned from the general election, polls are shit. They yeah. don't tell you shit necessarily. No. Um, <laughs> I actually read on Friday the Daily Express did a fantastic uh, survey where they claimed that 92% of people wanted to leave the euro, that leave the euro area in the UK. 90? 92% of people, they were like, if we had the vote today, we're out. 92% want to leave. They surveyed their own readers. 20% of which vote UKIP compared with something like 12% of the vote they garnered in the general election. Um, I think there was something like 40 or 30%, maybe even higher, thought that God posed more likely a future disaster than climate change. So what I'm saying is, don't survey your own readers and then get back an opinion that you've been sort of uh, feeding them throughout, obviously the Express very anti-Europe, surprise, surprise, they survey, they re- survey their readers, mm. 92% say that they want to leave the Euro. So that's just an example of how shit surveys are, basically. Oh my and that's with something like that. You don't know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. The you media. don't know who the demographic is that you're surveying, you don't know what the questions are being asked, and that's with a simple question. With something like you're saying where... If it's an, o- an officer of the law saying, have you smoked weed lately? I mean, oh, no, it's not a policeman doing it, but, okay, it, but it's, it's called a, the a, British Crime Survey. Okay. You, you're going on the record. Sure that, You've got yeah. a person in front of you asking you a question about crime, mm. and you're going to admit to a crime. Yeah. I, I would say maybe some people would consider lying. That they may. They may. And I'm not they, saying... They I'm not, anyway, it's irrelevant it anyway, it. because the argument is, is the same regardless of whether people do or don't take drugs in this country. It's, you know, the arguments that I think are fucking... Um, <laughs> okay. In the interest of science, Easy e and myself, Tubby T, travelled all the way to Amsterdam where soft drugs like cannabis is tolerated. And pussy. And pussy. <laughs> it's a soft drug. It is... Is it a drug? I don't know. Gabble might say it is. It's addictive as anything else. Everything's a drug. They are soft. He's not saying that. The females are soft and lovely, aren't they? Some of them are. Some Some of them are hard and ferocious. Yep. Some of them are meadling. Some have a hard outside and a 
a squidgy interior. Yeah. Some yeah. have a squidgy exterior and a, and a very hard inside. Mm. There's all sorts of shapes and sizes. There's all sorts of women. Yeah. yeah. And we like them all. We love them all. We love them all. <laughs> it's like radio, isn't it? We love you, women. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we'll be asking, what's better, men or women? <laughs> Darren, what do you reckon? I think men are better. Thanks, Darren. Sue? Women. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that, Sue. But I do like a bit of dick. My name is Larby. How do you spell that? It's L-A-R-B-Y. We met a nice coffee shop owner. That we did. Called Larby. By the name of Larby, correct. Good um, name. Good name, good guy. Um, very, very. Uh, hear very a little bit more about what he's got to say. Very what? what were you he was say? a very, very accommodating gentleman. He I was, thought. yeah, very nice guy. Yeah, he was a lovely guy. Very open. So, why, why, why a coffee shop? Uh, what made you want to do it? We grew up in a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts? Since in the east side. Yeah. Since we were fourteen years old, so it's the only thing we know to do. Okay. None of us uh, finished the school. Uh, school. Yeah. None of us has a degree. Yeah. So carry on the family business. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what's it like working with a brother, a member of the family? Well, we're more than, we're more friends than brothers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the relationships. You have to get along. If you want, uh, you want to have a long time working relationship. You have to get along. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So no arguments. Yes. Of course. Of course. Are you always say it's like a marriage. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. times and bad times. Only you have to handle the bad times better than the good times. Yeah. As long as you make up at the end. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Talk, talking to good times. This is it's, it's busy. It's working very well for you, I think. We never complain. Yeah. We never complain. <laughs> we never complain. So what's it like being? Uh, I mean, you, you, you could just run this from your home, maybe just have staff there. But you're here. You're actually doing. Uh, you're yeah, doing yeah, I have to be here. So do you like being in a coffee shop environment? Of course, of course. It's, it's my baby. Fun? It's my baby. Yeah. yeah. So would you, you know, would you be it, here if it you were? It took us a lot of hard work and sweat to reach the point we are at now. So. It's nice as well. What about the decorations and stuff? What, what everything is Moroccan. Everything you see around you is imported from Morocco. Everything. Was that, was that the same with your family's original shop as well? You wanted to sort of carry on that no, tradition? No, or that no, was no. No, when I'm talking, when I'm, <clears throat> when I'm talking, the one that I grew up, uh, grew up in, those were literally the first coffee shops in Amsterdam. So it was uh, a school table with school chairs and a bar where you could order, and that's it. That was a coffee shop back then in the 80s. So slightly different. No, now it became more established, you know. The owners like to decorate the shop, you know. So it's a huge difference between now and the 80s. Huge difference. I like it. This is the first coffee shop I've ever been into. Seriously? Yeah. So you, you're a smoker yourself? Yeah, I do smoke, but yeah. I've never been into a coffee shop in Amsterdam. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, it's nice. I like the atmosphere. It is. It's stoners among each other. It's better than being in a bar. Definitely. Yeah. yeah that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you being a liar. Why am I lying? Because you said it's the first coffee shop you've ever been into. Beak. <laughs> it is. Is it? Yeah. You've never been in a coffee shop before? No. But you've been to Amsterdam before. But you have a friend that lives there, so it was a different thing. I didn't even go in. He just had some stuff. Because it's Amsterdam. Uh, and that's the way they roll over there. And that's the way they roll. And he was like, oh, we could go in, um, but I'd rather smoke it at home. And we were like, yeah, that's fine. Get the yeah. board games out. No problem at all. Sorted for the next five hours. And that was that was the evening, so that was fine. But we could have yeah. gone the other way, and I'm yeah. glad that I went into a coffee shop, because I was thinking maybe it would be a bit seedy. And honestly, when I came in there the first time, I was like, oh, it is a little bit seedy, but it, but that was wrong. I think I, that my first impression was actually wrong. It wasn't seedy at all. It was really warm and welcoming. It was just an unusual environment for me to be in. Yeah. And I, I've got all these... 
residual hang-ups over weed where it's just not a problem out there yeah and i'm going in with all this baggage about oh but but it's dangerous and the other thing to say is there's a there's a lot of tourists there that add a different element perhaps and so you get your rude boys or your young lads or your kids you know that are on a jolly and that that can feel a bit edgy but it's it's actually that's just all in your mind I think it's just it's as you said your preconceptions on it and what you think everyone's there to have a good time and, and relax and um, yeah, you don't see any trouble it's not like those kids would have roughed us up that were sat next to us that looked about 16 years old you know but um, I think yeah that, that, so the background is, is we we organised an interview with this guy by email and then um, turned up and he was mentally busy it was so it was rammed in there wasn't it there was nowhere Absolutely. to sit down um, and we were like oh we've got a bit of time to kill so obviously we bought some we bought some some weed and that was was it lemon haze something no. like that I think we got no was it lemon express or something it like was that? one of, it was one of the fruity hazes I can't remember if it was pineapple I think they'd sold out of strawberry it was something light and fruity it was. I'm pretty the sure sativa. it was the lemon one. It was a sativa, definitely. And so we had one of them while waiting to interview someone. And interviewing somebody a bit caned is probably not not the way forward. I would say because unless you're seasoned vets like us and we handled yeah, it, but we can manage it. But you know, you know, to the rest of you interviewees, interviewers out there, don't. You know, don't do it. Because I was like, oh, pretty cane now. So, oh, no, we're on. And he was just, right, I've got time for you guys. Go on, go sit here, sit here. I was like, what, okay, what, in the cafe? I thought we were going to go somewhere else and chat and stuff. But no, it was, it was just that. Well, no, it's happening in the coffee shop. On the sidelines, yeah. Yeah, that was quite cool. So, yeah, we just sat down in amongst all the other smokers and just chatted to this guy. So what's a typical day then for, for you? Specific? A working day? Yeah. Get up, come to work, work the whole day and go, go back home. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What hours are you doing? Depends. Could be four, could be six, could be 16 hours a day. When, it, when it's your baby, I suppose you put the time in like that, right? You, uh... Time, the love and the effort, not only the time. You, you, you really have to love the business. If you don't have the love for the, for, for, for the products that you sell, yeah, so you must have the love you, for the product. You mentioned the love for the business, so yeah. you, you believe in the product. Absolutely, and you 100%. Love the as well. 100%. And not, not only as a recreational drug, also it's uh, medical benefits, sure. absolutely. You know, we have so many medical patients, patients that, uh, that treat themselves from, uh, from uh, sleep disorder, uh, people with uh, MS disease, people that just had the chemotherapy and treat themselves for the nausea, people that have uh, uh, anorexia. To wake up their uh, their appetite, <coughs> there's so many. So, um, what was the name of this place? Um, it was I don't know what the uh, the Dutch word is for first. The symbol was one with an e, so sort of premier essentially, yeah. and hulp, which means first help, which is uh, the first people on site, which is. Uh, first aid trans- translated essentially so he basically called his shop his cannabis selling coffee shop first aid so you think it would benefit the UK if we legalise absolutely, absolutely absolutely at least dis- uh, decriminalise it this is the, 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 this is the first point to de- decriminalise you see it, just as an example Portugal yeah decriminalise everything this is the best best example you can have yeah. when they decrimin- decriminalise it the rates of the addicts and the violence and the shoplifting and everything went down only by the, by the decriminalizing. So where do you get your who are your suppliers? I have fairy tales in my basement. What's that? Fairy tales, fairies, little fairies. Oh, the little fairies! I've heard of them. With their magic wand, like this one. I'd like to get a photo of one yeah. of those fairies. It'd be great. So, do you not talk about who who you get your Stop from? Is it a I secret? Get, it's not a secret. It's not a secret. It's an area that doesn't exist. 
What do you mean? It doesn't exist. So is this like a legal complication? There is no legal complication. That's, that's the, the first mistake a lot of uh, tourists make. They think that cannabis is legal in Holland. It's not. It's tolerated. It's a huge difference. You can buy a gram of weed over here. As soon as you step one foot outside your coffee shop, you're breaking the law. They can arrest you for that. 99.99% of the people don't know that. I didn't know. It's not legal. It's decriminalized and it's tolerated. I was aware you weren't allowed to do it in the street. No. It wasn't legal here, yeah. I never knew. There is only one place in the world now, it's two places where it's legal. Mm -hmm. That is Denver, Colorado or Uruguay. Right. Well, the president of Uruguay decriminalized everything as well. I love that guy. I love that guy. I love that guy. Have seen the house he lives in? I love that guy. Since the car he rides. Yeah. That guy is an absolute inspiration. He's amazing. No, but the biggest mistake people make. They think it's legal over here. You know, I have even customers coming in asking me for cocaine or everything. Seriously, they think Amsterdam, everything is possible. No, it's true. Seriously. People think Amsterdam is a Valhalla of everything, you know, you can get everything. You just have to do this and, you know, people mistake. A lot, of, a lot of people come from far away with this idea of Amsterdam, I think. Exactly, Sin City. Sin City, everything is possible. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. We have our laws. Yeah. But it works well, everyone's having a nice friendly time. And, it's, uh, it's the best solution. Yeah. You know, back in the 90s, people would come from all over the world to study our, our coffee shop. Uh, and it works. If you would have come in the early 80s and you go downtown, you would stumble over the junkies. It was that bad. Literally stumble over the junkies. That's no joke. You know, it was full with junkies. Why there, there wasn't a separation between hard drugs and sub drugs? As soon there was a separation between hard drugs and sub drugs by introducing the coffee shops. You know, if you go to the center right now, you will hardly see a junkie. You would, you would even recognize one. You know, so it works. It works. You know, we have the lowest rates in alcohol consuming, we have the lowest rate in uh, hard drugs consuming, and we even have the lowest rate in cannabis consuming. That's amazing. Because it's available. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually saw some, some stats about that because they say, um, some people say that, that cannabis is perhaps a gateway drug. Um, Bullshit. And I've seen the low, yeah. the low use of other drugs in yeah. the Netherlands compared yeah. to countries such as ourselves and other countries in Europe. And it's, it's simply not the case seemingly looking at the data. So interesting. Amsterdam would be one big junkie city if that was true. Would be one big junkie city if that was true. I think it's a thin argument as well, but it's a very yeah, well, yeah, well yeah, held one. Yeah, yeah, but, but they have no statistics to to support their logics. You know that, that almost more than 60% of the car accidents have alcohol involved in them. You always read about these random things in the news with You know how, how much money the alcohol costs the the, the, the health uh, oh, the health service in yes. the UK is a huge amount billions you do not want to go More in violence on a Saturday abuse. night abuse yeah. yeah most arguments it's like you were saying you haven't had a fight in 15 years because no one wants to argue when there's well, stone exactly no not only that not only because there's stone it's it's a, a total different mentality the atmosphere you know, exactly it's a no, also the stoners have this total different mentality than, than people that drink alcohol. You think it's a different person and a different Absolutely, absolutely. Just look at person. yourself if you, if you have, have like a half bottle of what, uh, alcohol or a joint. Yeah. You know, you're two different persons. Yeah, that, that's, absolutely. Yeah, two that's, different persons. That's true. That's true. So tell me about the, uh, I mean, you smoke, presumably? Uh, I vape now and then. I'm, I'm not really a heavy smoker. I stopped a while ago. Yeah, I stopped a while ago. Yeah. What about your brother? He he never touched a cigarette in his life. And no cannabis either. Not even a cigarette. Wow. No. Okay. So this is just a business for him. For him, it's a business. Yeah. 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 You look like you're having more fun. Uh, 
glass that blowing. Yeah. 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 So this is yours. Yeah. yeah. That, that, is that why it's yours? Yeah. It's great. How would you get into that? Um, I well Pittsburgh, where I'm from, is like really big on glass, and my cousin is actually a uh, bigger sort of glass blower but it's like giant art pieces and stuff and I've been an artist since I was a kid so it was always my dream to play with glass and uh, there used to be a really nice gallery well I think it's actually still here but it's different owners now who aren't so nice as the old ones but um, I used to go there they used to have a lot of uh, glass that they brought in to uh, Europe which not a lot of people do so it was a lot of American artists a lot of Canadian artists and um, it just exposed me more to the heady glass scene is what they call it and um, I met the owner became friends with him and he introduced me to the one glass blower of Holland who was this guy Hans who was my first glass teacher and he blew scientific glass for 25 years like until this American guy came in and was like so do you know how to make a pipe and he was like what like no I make these you know big apparatuses and so he showed expensive him, bits of gear right yeah exactly well. like proper scientific wells and crazy things every time I go there it's like I'm blown away by what they do but um so yeah he's taught Hans how to start playing with um pipes and he said Hans saw colored glass for the first time like in 25 years so then it like opened up his world and he never stopped and he is like a master it's a uh, saw glass if you want to look him up he's like a yeah he makes amazing things but um then he ended what's up the name one more time a snob glass so like a snob glass yeah but uh he's amazing and the guy who um taught him took like they sort of merged you know like they created snob together carl termini and termini now works for termini tubes he has his own company i mean and he moved back to america and he really makes like proper scientific looking pipes and apparatuses he makes beautiful things as well and hans is now more into less the scientific stuff more artsy sculptural beautiful pieces like he makes just amazing things he's a magician literally both of them are so it's documentary on glass you probably have to uh, say degenerate it, right? art yeah yeah of course <laughs> that's just you've yeah. seen that right it's amazing I spent a year in Austin Texas where they're really big on, on glass yeah they are um, and spent a lot of time with friends of that persuasion who had very expensive bits of artwork that you could also smoke out of you yeah. know that were five thousand six thousand yeah. dollars worth of that's like almost sometimes now the norm price like a lot of people like mothership and places their rigs are like standard 10,000 euros and people are like on waiting lists to get these pieces it's insane it's a full culture yeah it is so, it really is so this is lovely how how long did this take to make um like actually not that long this only took about like 35 40 minutes but it was i think this was no, 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 the one I have at home I didn't do. The first one I made took about, like, yeah, 35 minutes, like, but it was after working with, um, a lot of other glass before, like, I made this first, and, or I think the wand came first, and then I made the pipes, so it's a natural progression. Love it, love it. How long have you been doing it? Um, just a year. What? Yeah. What? You can do that in a year. And actually, I had like seven. You practice like twenty hours a day or something. No, I only go um, once every two weeks for like five hours at a time because it's very expensive, unfortunately. So there's just just a place you can you can go down. Yeah, well, it's it's the scientific glass factory, so it's in like Leiden, actually Nord Hiker Valley. It's a very small town, like inside of Leiden. I mean, outside of Leiden, actually, like, 45 minutes. It takes, like, two and a half hours to get there. But it's a giant lab glass laboratory. So I'm working with, like, proper insane tools. And And it's a five-hour round trip to go and do this. Yeah, pretty much. So I spend the whole day there, yeah. And then, like, when I'm done, I'm, like, exhausted. I usually come here and, like, (laughs) have a smoke and then go home. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about... um, Smoking, yeah. Like you've been here for five years, but you're not one of the types of people that just gets their gets their weed and then just goes back to their flat. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there is days like that where there's no time to chill and I'm in and out. Like it's 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 it's, it's, it's it goes in and out. Yeah. When I first moved here, I was you know like very I was here a lot more. 
and um, yeah, then when I lost my job, I was here a lot more. And um, yeah, and then you know, life goes on, and you just like find a balance. You come in, come out, stay for a while. I hadn't seen Larby in a few months, so like I've been mostly coming in at night, and at night he's at home with his family. So like, yeah. So I was like, I'll come today. I had to day off. So. Yes. So you prefer it to being at home? Yeah. It's, it's more comfortable to you than yeah, being I mean, at home. Yeah, and it's I mean it's social. I mean look at what happened today. Like you yeah. meet like people I just met him today and you have like nice conversation. You never know what happens when you leave the house. You know, you do know what happens. So do you think do you think cannabis is part of your your life now? Do you ever see yourself stopping? I mean, I've been smoking for like geez, I guess like twelve years now, so been quite a long time. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily like hinder my lifestyle or anything. It's not as bad. I don't smoke as much as I used to when it actually kind of did hinder my lifestyle. So you go through periods and stuff, but I don't necessarily ever see myself really, I mean, yeah, completely smoke-free. Because yeah, I'll never, I never want to be that person that like, when I'm feeling, you know, angry or something, that I, like, punch a wall or something, I'll, like, have a smoke and I'm crying, and then I'm, like, cracking up five minutes later, like, what the hell is this even about? And it really, like, helps with stress relieving and everything. It's just, yeah, it's a great natural remedy than picking up, you know, prescription anything. Good, a good way to self-medicate. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, what are the, the downfalls? You know, the munchies and you know, like not moving sometimes, depending on what you smoke though. And I'm neither of which are really downfalls. Yeah, exactly. And I, I tend to smoke mostly sativa, so it's like higher. You, know, it's more functioning. It's not so. Hard. Do you favor sativa or indica? Uh, I would say I smoke more sativa, but I do appreciate a good indica as well. I like both a lot. A good hybrid too, but generally I try to stock like a little bit of each. You know, when instead of doing hybrids, I try to get like, very good sativa and a very heavy indica. If you had one of each, could, can you kind of just mix them in? Yeah. And you can basically yeah. do that. There, there's too. even hybrid strains as well. Yeah. So, so what would be if sativa is your preference, perhaps for both of you? What type of sativa or what? Is your, your favorite flavor of that? Yeah. 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 Nice. I usually go for the super silver haze because it's just like good price, really good high. The MD is just the same thing as well. Yeah, exactly. That's just like the, yeah, super silver is like the, I think there's very, I mean, very little difference. I they smell almost the same. Yeah. Two. So that's what you would normally buy and that's what you would get the best high out. Yeah, pretty much. Those are two hazes, which are like the classic family of the sativa kind of strains. And Amnesia is kind of like, I would say that's like almost a strain of Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. It's Everybody like an Amsterdam classic. Okay. Every coffee shop has Amnesia. It's a good crowd. No, just a few. It's, it's well priced too, typically. Like, it's not for the quality. It's like, even on this menu, it's probably the best to pay for the quality to price ratio. Yeah. Have you ever gone down here to the OG Kush and, like, that is expensive stuff? Yeah. What I have right here. Oh, is the isolator. Yeah, but you can also they're really great because if you say I only want ten euros worth, that's they'll do that. Oh, they'll do it. Okay. Yeah, they'll they'll split it up. They have no problem with that, so you never have to get like you know the full gram. Well, the full gram, I think you do. No, even the full gram, I don't have to get the. Well, I don't know if he does well, it because I'm a friend or not, but yeah. They usually make me at least half. Oh. Yeah, okay. half. I mean. I don't get like But I've come, I've come once or twice this morning. How long would half of that last you? You said you put a small little bit on and yeah, I have no like idea what the weight would be. How, how much is, is that that you have there? Is that... How many That's probably like doses? 0.3 of a gram. That would probably be at least... Hits. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad, is it? Is that the, one of the cheapest ways to take kids, you think? Um, I don't know. I just, yeah. It depends on how much you smoke. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's different for everyone because sometimes, some, you know, you might alternate. I find it cheaper when I buy, like, you know, half a gram or a full gram and then, like, 
you know, five grams of weed that lasts like way longer than if I just buy flowers, you know, the, just smoke yeah. It seems to, I seem to smoke weed like actually faster than the dabs. Okay. So I don't know why, but it just always ends up that way. Maybe because it's just like a habit and I've been doing it for so long that it's like the first thing and then I'm like, oh yeah, I smoke wax, I forgot. <laughs> I think maybe it's a more low casual high rather than a, when you're doing the dabs, I suppose. You're dosing it, it's more intense, and then well, you I, relax I, for a bit, and then resume later. Well, for me, actually, it's, it's like it almost, oh, it's almost opposite. Like, because I, usually when I take a dab, I take a small one, and it's like, um, yeah, not to get super high, but just like high enough. So I like, I find the flowers to be a bit more high than in like, like sort of a head high, where this is a bit more of a body high and a bit more, well, actually maybe different. I mean, like, I don't know what it's like, it's, yeah, it's because it's, it depends on what wax I'm dabbing, you know, or, so it really depends. But yeah, if I take like a, a nice small size dab, it's much easier to function than if I take a big bong handle. Does it wear off quicker? In, in a different way, like uh, I think it does, but you're still like you can still feel it, but not as intense. So it drops down a lot. Yeah, it depends on how much you're smoking and what you're smoking. You know? how, so yeah, sometimes some dabs are really intense in the beginning, and then like 30 minutes later, you're like, wait, what? What, the hell is that? <laughs> what happened? Is that a dab? Yes, that's also it's a smaller version of that, which is dab. I'm all right, man. <laughs> it's like, since you got one? I won't. I won't. I'm Well, I'll stop this, but yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for talking to us. Really appreciate it. saying you I'm attracted to it's not like and then so he moved on and he said hey anyway try some of this and I was like huh I don't know they keep telling me it's so bad it's gonna make your brain turn turn a mash and jello my hands so sore <laughs> got the calluses anymore. That was going to be a 12 minute story. That was going <laughs> <laughs>